Hi, and welcome to Ask the Pastors, a segment of the West Hills podcast, where you have the opportunity to ask your questions and receive biblically grounded, pastorally sensitive answers from our pastoral staff. My name is Brian. I'm your host and one of the pastors here on staff at West Hills. And today we will be sharing some of the discussion from our Ask the Pastors live event from last month. In this segment from the live event, we were responding to two questions. Question number one, will there be distinct languages and cultures in heaven? If so, will cultural deafhood exist in heaven? Question number two, when was the promised land created? We have a question that was submitted over text. Um, That's two parts. Uh, Maybe we can start getting to some of these briefly uh, here. Um, Part number one, will there be distinct languages and cultures in heaven? Uh, Part number one. Uh, Part number two, if so, will cultural deafhood exist in heaven? Um, So I wonder if we maybe start with part number one, will there be distinct languages and cultures in heaven? Uh, Revelation 7 came to mind. After that, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language. Standing before the throne and before the Lamb, they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. They cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. I wonder, would that all be in the same language? As it says, from every language uh, there as well. So that's, that's a great question. Thanks, Callie, for asking that, Callie Bourne. Um, any thoughts on that? Certainly recognizes different languages, <laughs> people, tribe, and nation. Any thoughts? It is a great question. I, uh, I like to think, you know, um, like you said, look in just a strict textual reading of Revelation 7 there. It says, from every nation. It didn't. So they're, they're coming from that. It doesn't necessarily say whether, you know, they, that they maintain that. I, but I, I guess if you, again, looking for big, biblical principles to, to go off of here, my mind goes to, um, well, just, I'm thinking about resurrection bodies, and I'm thinking about, you know, Jesus and the fact that his resurrection glorified body um, was different enough that um, Mary Magdalene and the disciples didn't really recognize him. Um, and yet he was clearly and the disciples on the road to Emmaus, but yet he still retained enough of his Jesusness um, that in that uniqueness of his identity that, you know, once they did (laughs) the veil was lifted or whatever, and they realized it was him. I don't know. Um, So I don't know. I I like to think that we would maintain uh, that kind of diversity and distinctness, uniqueness. I, 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 I have to believe that, you know, God created that kind of diversity for a reason. I mean, God, um, he, he's an artist. And, uh, you know, why would, why would God create all these different colors and, and, uh, and different 
you know, sizes of bodies and whatever if, you know, in heaven we're all just going to look the same. And, and by a similar token, I mean, I guess, again, you can look, you can look at, obviously, the, the derivation of kind of where we get language in the first place. We were all speaking the same language until Genesis 11, Tower of Babel. So is that diversity of language uh, inherently divisive kind of thing that when we get to heaven we're all going to need to to speak um, the same language and, and again you know the inversion of that at Pentecost and Acts 2 I'm just thinking aloud I'm not really answering your question I'm just talking but um, I don't know I if I need to learn a new language to be able to worship God in the right way in heaven uh, I trust that that will be a a beautiful, worthwhile endeavor. And uh, um, I don't know if that would be Greek. I mean, obviously, it's it's written in Greek there. Uh, I don't think it'll be English. I doubt it. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. Like, if I had to pick one language, it won't be. It won't be English. Right. It is interesting that the Bible is in Hebrew, Greek, Aramaic, that, you know, clearly we're not a, we're not a faith-like Islam, where you know there's this idea of this holy language and and Arabic, and uh, you know if you really want to speak God's language, you know I mean that that would be an easy an easy question. Uh, I, I can answer for the Muslims um, that yeah they would they would say we're all going to speak Arabic. Uh, well, we're going to be dead. We're going to burn in hell, but they're going to speak Arabic in heaven. But I for for us as Christians, I don't know. That's a man. What a great question. Um, I'm going to say different languages. I don't know. What do you? Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I think why would God? I, I would. I, I go back to to what you said that even in as we read in, in Genesis eleven of the Tower of Babel where God creates all of these new languages and does this as an act of punishment for them desiring to be like God, to disobey God, to build this tower that even in an act of punishment, he gives us something beautiful in the languages. And I have to believe that what glimpses we get of the beauty in different languages, in different cultures, in different nationalities, that we will get an even better representation of that when we get to heaven. That that's my hope, and if I'm wrong, I'm okay with that. But that would be that would be if I had to to guess different languages. At the same time, I think we would be able to understand the different languages as we're all giving praise to God. Absolutely, uh, I would say that I would say the same thing. Um, Revelation seven certainly seems to be recognizing that there's different languages now, whether that's before heaven or in heaven. Uh, hard to know, but I'd like to think different languages, but we're able to understand each other. Uh, if, if that's okay, part two of her yeah, question. Go ahead. No, what was part two? I, I, that's what we were just If so, uh, Callie asks, will cultural deafhood exist in heaven? Just mm. more background if, uh, here. Some people see deafness and other disabilities as uh, physiological ailments that should be cured, while other people see them as distinct features of identity similar to ethnicity. Deafhood as a distinct culture and language but it is founded on an inability to hear. Will everyone, including members of deaf culture, be hearing in heaven? Hmm. Okay, let me just, one last point on number one. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I had to think I about. I cut you off. Roman, no, Romans fifteen six. 
uh, 5 and 6, may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in, a, in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's Paul's prayer for the church in Rome, that you're in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father. So is that one voice in the same language? I don't know. It, it certainly would maybe seem more unified if it was the same language. I don't know. I, I got to think about that more, Callie. That's a good one. I think deafness. Um, I, think, I think people, I think those who are deaf in this world will have their hearing restored in the world to come. I think that, you know, glorified resurrection body, there will be no hearing impairment, you know, no tears, no death, no sickness, no no mourning, no, I, I mean, cl- clearly Jesus does uh, treat blindness and, and deafness and muteness, and he's he's unstopping deaf ears and, and, and blind eyes, and um, so I think that's a part of the healing, restorative, redemptive uh, work that he came to do and that he will do in the new heavens and new earth. Um, does that exclude sign language from being one of those languages that's represented? I mean, I, I guess I just have to believe, you know, the more praise that we can offer to God, the better. Like if that may, if you, if, if we can learn all the languages to, to praise him, you know, in every way possible, if we, if we can use our, our, our hands and our whole bodies to, to be able to, to worship through sign language, then I, I, um, even, even if you can hear, I, I think to me that that doesn't rule out the place of, of something like sign language and our, and our ability to, to worship. If that's a, a gift that God has, you know, then given somebody to be able to praise him. So. That captures my initial thoughts. Although it's not something I, I think it's a great question and, and one that I will Thanks, probably Kelly. ponder a little bit more. We've been wondering over in this side, um, with the promised land, was it something that was a part of creation from the beginning and that God like made it for him to give to people, right, as the promised land? Or was it something that was man-made and then God was like, hey, I want you to go here? I think that's a great question, Griffin. I give you a huge shout out for that. Um, and, and I think some of us could even wonder um, as we read in Genesis and the created order and all of those things that we could wonder what else was there? Like, it seems as we read it, that the Garden of Eden could have just been this own oasis and everything else around it is desert and how big the Garden of Eden was, I would say that the Promised Land existed and it was planned that that would be, that would be the Promised Land that God was going to give to the children of Israel. And some of it man-made in the sense that they were cultivating in it, creating in it, building in it, 
raising up cities in it, but a plot of land that God said, this is yours. And that's why the, uh, the tribes divide up the land. And they said, this is your land, and this is your land, and this is your land, as they start to divide that up at the, um, when they enter into it at the end of Joshua and conquer it. I think just from the standpoint of thinking about God's omniscience, God knowing everything, um, and, and his providence and his ruling over everything, I think, you know, there's a, certainly a sense in which we could say it's, it's, it's impossible, it's unthinkable that God would have just kind of realized one day, kind of looked around like, well, I guess I need a, a land for these people to go to, and well, that one looks okay. That's uh, why they wandered for 40 years. Yeah, so I... <laughs> God was figuring it out. No, I think that um, is not biblical. So I think, um, yeah, for, uh, if, if the question is, you know, was a promised land man-made, God-made, I, I think it, it's clearly got to be God-made. I mean, God had a, a plan from before, from before creation even to, um, to call for himself a people, to give them a land, and, um, and I, I think he, he knew exactly where he wanted to be. I mean, we can ask questions about why that land. <laughs> I think, you know, a lot of folks look at, look at the Holy Land and think, my word, you know, of all the places to kill each other and fight over, I mean, it's maybe, maybe once upon a time it, uh, it was flowing with milk and honey. It just seems really dusty. And um, anyway, but, uh, you know, maybe, maybe that too is just part of God's providential design um, that uh, in the same way he used the cross and redeemed the greatest act of evil and used it for good, he's going to take this really just dusty, like, <laughs> why, why would anybody want to live here? You know, you look at the, the Temple Mound and where, you know, Jerusalem and the, and the temple was situated and all of it is just, it seems so barren. And I haven't been there yet. I, I want to. Um, but it, it is just as dusty as he is describing. I'm just like, Anyway, so maybe that's part of part of the plan is for God to just, you know, make it such that one day we're like, oh, this is why we all wanted to, because when the new Jerusalem comes, it's just going to uh, be so amazing. So, but does that answer the question, Griffin? Kind of? God made. Short answer. God made. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Ask the Pastors. Remember that you can submit your questions by visiting the info bar at West Hills or by asking them online through our website at www.westhillsstl.org. If you enjoyed this week's episode, hit that like button, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in again next week.